Welcome to the Awakening Church, one of the great churches Maui has to offer. And now, Pastor Stephan Pusle with this week's message. Well, aloha. Welcome, everybody. It's so great to have you here on this beautiful Christmas morning. Can everybody say Merry Christmas all together? One, two, three. Oh, that was easy. That was easy. Now you got to do the hard part. You got to say it in Hawaiian. Does anybody know how to say it? Anybody shout it out? All right, on the count of three, you guys heard that? Melekilikimaka. I didn't butcher it. That's great. I passed the test. All right, on the count of three, one, two, three. All right, you guys did it. You passed the test. Now you, you can say that you said Hawaiian uh, uh, Christmas in the right way. Uh, now, uh, we just want to just welcome you because it is just really special for us to be having Christmas service on uh, the 25th. We've never done this before, so we're really excited that you guys took your time after you've opened your presents and spent time with family to come and hang out with us. That is, that is really commendable. So, uh, hey, give yourself a round of applause for making it to church this morning. That's awesome. Um, I, hey, I wanted to make uh, just a simple uh, discussion about what Christmas really is. Because the reality is in our society, in America at least, we say happy holidays. We just kind of, oh, we celebrate Santa Claus. And and even take it back further, in Easter we have the the Easter bunny. Uh, And then on Thanksgiving, you know, it's pilgrims and Indians. Uh, And I actually did a little research and found out that Abraham Lincoln made a proclamation on Thanksgiving. It wasn't anything to do with Indians and, cowboy, uh, Indians and cowboys or Indians and pilgrims. It had nothing to do with that. In fact, it was during the time of the Civil War when the country was really divided. It was really broken and there was animosity and hatred. There was slavery and there was a lot of broken families, broken lives, people that had died in the war. And Abraham Lincoln basically said, you know what, Thanksgiving is a time where we call out to God and we tell him thank you. Thank you for life. Thank him for all the things that we have been blessed with. But yet at the same time, let's call out for forgiveness, for mercy, for all the things that we've done to each other. And I, I found out that that was really what Thanksgiving was all about. And at school, well, we would just dress up as pilgrims and, and Indians. And, and I've lost the meaning when I was a child. The same thing goes as we go, which each one of these holidays, we kind of lose the meaning behind everything. We lose the meaning of, right, we get, we get at the store, oh, it is terrible at the store. We get people all yelling, you see them, they get crazy, they're fighting over the gifts. There's all out fights on YouTube, but people fighting as the doors open up on a certain shopping day, and you're like, what is this world coming to? And so a lot of us end up, when it comes to Christmas, dreading going out. How many of you guys avoid going out at certain times and certain uh, shopping times, okay, certain places, okay, have you been, oh, how many have been on the airport during the holidays? Oh, man, they come out of the woodwork, the Grinches, oh, my goodness, they're screaming, hollering. Uh, I was at the airport waiting to pick up my uh, dad-in-law who's in town uh, from Southern California. Uh, oh, welcome, aloha, Teddy, good to see you here, man. Let's give him a round of applause, he's awesome. Um, and um, anyway, there to pick him up, and the girls and I were, were hiding at the, chur- uh, at the um, airport for him to come out because we wanted to scare him. And there was a, 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 one of the baggage guys that helped bring the bags to the check-in part, and basically there was an altercation between the bag boy, like the, you know, the, what do you call those guys, bag boys that take, 
sky cab. There was an altercation between the sky cab and like one of the check-in people at one of the airlines. And the cops were called. It was just like, are you serious? It wasn't even like the customers. It was like the workers. It's getting out of control here in Maui. Um, but you know, we seem to lose the sense of and the depth of what's going on in the atmosphere during Christmas. Because there's something really deep and meaningful. And people, people, whether they're happy about it or they're really just sad because they've had a really bad experience during Christmas and they carried with them a baggage or sadness, whether you're on either side, there is a kind of like a consciousness, whether you're in, against it or antagonistic against it or you're embracing of it, there's a consciousness that there's something going on in the atmosphere during Christmas. And I want to explain to you why that is. In fact, they did a little study, I think Ed Stenser did a study, found out that when people are most likely to be open talking about the, the possibility of God, guess when it is? The number one time. Christmas. Gets to the second place. There's four of them. Second place. Easter. That's the death and the resurrection of Christ. There's something really deep in the atmosphere going on. People are open. When is the, what is the next time, the third? Death in the family. Death in the family. And guess what the fourth is? The birth of a newborn baby. And Christmas, you hit two of those. You hit two of those. The baby changes everything. And that's what Christmas is all about, right? It's Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. He comes to change the world. I'm going to talk a little bit about what this holy, because there's, there's a lot of scripture out there, and we can, we can focus on this scripture and that scripture and this scripture, and it would just be like overwhelming, and you guys would be just like, whoa, okay, overload. So I want to just take just a little bit, a little section, and I just want to read through it, because it's just so deep. There's so much there. We're going to turn to, um, and by the way, at the awakening, this is how we roll with our Bibles. We got, this is our, our Bible right here. So I got my Bible out. You guys got your Bible, whether you realize it or not. We have a free Awakening app that you can download. By the way, for those of you joining us live on Facebook, aloha all the way out all across the, the mainland U.S. We want to welcome you and those for you joining us on our free app, listening in. We welcome you as well. But yeah, you can download that app and you can listen in. And we have, a, we have actually a, more like almost a global ministry now because we've got people from Canada, people from Mexico, people from all over China that are tuning in, and it's really cool. It's not just Maui. So the gospel's been preached on Facebook, and that's great in our, our, our app. But the Bible is on our app, and it'll read itself to you. We go to schedule, we read it, and also we have our custom awakening Bible here in the back. It's just our gift to you. We want to be generous to you. It's Christmas. So um, that's our gift to you. But we're going to turn to 1 John. And I was in the, of all places, guess where I got the idea to, to talk about this? National Public Radio. I couldn't believe it. No, I was listening to it, and guess what? They were having Christmas service on the radio, like old, but only the old school traditional Catholic church where they're, where they're like saying like the traditional order of things, and then they're singing these really beautiful Christmas uh, music and with the organ and everything else. I got a special treat or idea for you at the end. I'm going to try. We just have, have fun with it. But they read this verse, and I'm just like, Wow. It hit me for the first time in a different way, and I want to read it to you. It's so powerful, and there's several different elements I want to touch on, but it's not too bad here, but we're going to take a look at what it says. I'm going to take a look at the NIV version. Normally, we, we try to look at the message. There's different versions, but they, each one speaks different to, uh, differently to us. <coughs> but I'd like to read to you from the NIV. 
see if you can find it there in your phone. There's also an app called Uversion. It's pretty cool. You could download. I'm trying to open a bottle and hold a phone at the same time without it's like doing the like you know the Facebook thing where they splash people in the face. First John one, one through fifteen. We're gonna read from the NIV. Here we go. It says this: In the beginning, and this is powerful. How many of you watched the Book of Eli? Oh, super cool movie. Okay, I'm into movies. Um, this is one of the main themes of that movie. Um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and guess what the Word was? The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Who's he? Hmm. He was with God with, in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of mankind, the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. You guys know John the Baptist, right? The guy who's going to prepare, prepare the way for the Messiah. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Now, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. Pay attention to that part. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become, become what? Children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became what? Flesh, and made his dwelling among us. He have seen, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace, full of truth. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh. The world did not recognize him. They did not receive him. It's such a powerful verse if you just put your mind to it. But that's the reality of Christmas. Some people say it's, a, it, 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 it's outlandish and preposterous. This, this idea of a virgin birth and God coming to live amongst us. But you go back and you see some of the really fanatical, crazy people who were in tune with God would prophesy about this coming Messiah. And if you go to Isaiah, you, you, you can find it for yourself where it talks about this coming Messiah who would take on the sin of the world. He would be a savior, a ruler, who would be born in the town of Bethlehem, born of a virgin. And so this happens. Mary encounters the Spirit of God, she conceives a baby and has this baby. And they go on this faith journey. It's, it's a wild story. And we could spend so much time talking about the drama that plays out between Mary and Joseph. I mean, Joseph, like, whose baby is this? Like, what's going on? Did the mailman stop by? Like, what, what is the deal? And there's so much drama played out here. But you fast forward because what happens is when you have God born amongst us, there's also this thing called evil in this world. And it's here to steal, kill, and destroy, and it hates everything that is good and knows God, but does not follow or surrender or serve him, but in fact is in opposition to God. 
It's a real force of evil that is here to steal, kill, and destroy and take people's souls to the depths of hell. And that is his sole purpose. To give us an opportunity to choose between loving God or loving ourselves or loving pleasure or loving the things of this world. God is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself upon us. So he gives us free will. And that's where Satan comes in the equation. That's where suffering, that's where all these terrible things come in the equation. But God didn't just give us the suffering. He gave us a solution. He gave us a remedy. He gave us a cure. And that was his own one and only son who was there from the beginning. The Trinity, the triune God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They go back to the Genesis and you, and you see how God is talking. He says, let us make man in our image. Right? And so this baby, fully God, fully man, God coming and dwelling amongst us. It's, it's just inconceivable. But if you think about it, <coughs> excuse me, I have an illustration for you. There's an anthill, and there's a little boy, and there is like a, there is like a little stream that's starting to come and invade the anthill. And the little boy's so concerned. I'm, how many of you have little children who are just so concerned for a little bug? <coughs> it's beautiful. I would go into the house, and intentionally save bees, intentionally save spiders and take them outside the house because I know bees were good. They would give us honey. I knew spiders were good because they killed my nemesis, the mosquito. And so I would always go and dress him. The little boy's looking at the ant hill and said, Daddy, Daddy, the ants are going to get destroyed. The water's coming quickly. What should we do? How, would, how can we help them? And the father says, you know, the only way, son, that you're going to explain to these ants what to do is they don't speak English like you and I talk. They speak ant. They have little pheromone trails that they lead down. They have warning signs they lay out. If, there's, if, they, if their hill is under attack, there's, there's a way of communicating that they communicate. And the only way that you're going to ever explain to those ants before that water gets there is you have to become an ant and explain to them what's going on. In the same way, that's what God does with his son, Jesus, Emmanuel, born to us. Again, so we fast forward. So they're, Mary and Joseph, uh, and we're skipping the drama, they're, they're running away because there is an evil that is pursuing this good. In fact, you look back the time of Moses, right? What happens when there's something good that's coming? Moses, born for the sole purpose of what? Of setting the people of Israel free from 400 years of slavery. And guess what Satan does? Through the Pharaoh, they go and murder all the firstborn. Same what happens in Jesus with King Herod, the wise men. From far away, and we'll talk about them in a second, from far away come and say, hey, we've been watching the sky, and we feel like uh, through, these, uh, through these models and projections, there's a star, and there's something extremely important about the star because it's moving, and, 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 and there's supposed to be this king, and they're talking about this to Herod. Herod gets freaked out, and guess what he does? He goes and finds all the firstborn in the town of Bethlehem and tries to have them murdered because the evil one is in opposition to the light. The light, the darkness cannot, that, right, that John 1, the darkness can't comprehend the light. It cannot allow itself to be around it. So, what happens? God shows himself and reveals himself to these wise men. What's the important about uh, these wise men? These wise men, right? The important part about them is that they are searching. They're looking. They're, they're, they're looking even to the sky. The Bible says that 
You cannot look at the heavens and creations and not know that there's something bigger, that there's a, there is a divine creator, that there's something bigger than us. You can look at creation and know that there's something behind it. You have, it's in the atmosphere, kind of like Christmas. And you see the beauty of creation. And that's what these wise men are doing. They're observing. They're looking for meaning in life. They're searching. And God speaks. They're not, they're not Pharisees and Sadducees, the, 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 the uh, prescribed and assigned religious leaders of the time who would stick their noses up on people but have a burden of rules and regulations on people in order for them to please God or appease or work their, earn their way to God. God did not appear to them. He appears to these what we would call people who had a different faith than us. Maybe the cult or something, uh, you know, astrology, scientists, if you will. He appears to them. He guides them. So odd that God would choose an unreligious, scientific, astrologer, whatever you want to call it, wise man, and lead them to the Christ child. And then, you, and then you go again, and you, and you think about it. Then Christ appears to these shepherds. Well, what, what the heck? Well, shouldn't God, if God's coming to hang out with us, shouldn't he appear to all the pope and the religious tie heads? And well, shouldn't he appear to them? No, he goes to the lowest possible class in Israel, shepherds. Uh, and forgive me if, you've ever, if you work at McDonald's now. I, I used to work at Burger King and flip burgers, so I know your pain, but... That, that would be almost akin to something like job, that kind of job or maybe a trash collector, right? You, 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 it's pretty low. Shepherds spend a lot of time with the sheep and they end up smelling like them, okay? They were lowly paid. They were looked down upon. But yet the angels and their majesty appears before the shepherds and they're singing, holy, 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 right? And they're, and they're, and they're worshiping. They're, they're worshiping the birth of the of the coming Messiah. And yet Pharaoh is pursuing with a vengeance, trying to murder and kill and destroy this new king that would come, Emmanuel, God with us. Right? I want to take a look at that verse real quick again. This important part. The thing is about shepherds is that they're very observant. Why do you think they're observant? Huh? They've got to protect their flock from what? predators, things late in the night. They have to be at attention. They have to be alert. They're alert of the, the sky and the weather. They're alert of the sounds and the particular locations where the predators come. So, and same with the wise men. This common theme here. Let me just read this verse again. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but he would, we, they did not receive him. They did not recognize him. Why do you think the world did not recognize him? Why do you think the religious people of that time did not recognize him? Because they, they weren't looking for him. They weren't looking for him. They were looking for something else, something that fit into their idea of who the Messiah would be, some kind of force that would help kick out the Romans from occupying Israel at the time. That wasn't Jesus because he came, he was born to this earth for a purpose, and that is to what? To die. 
so that we will live. And this is the message, right? This is the message of Christmas is this, 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 this audacious, this reckless giving. But God gave his son. He gave his son. And these wise men, they gave. They, did they give him a $5 gift from Walmart? What did they give him? Frankincense, gold, and myrrh. Some of the most expensive, exquisite gifts you could give at a time. Gifts fit for a king. And they bowed down. People who were worshiping different gods or maybe following different ways of thinking came from all over the world to bow down at his feet and worship him. The shepherds came, bowed down at his feet and worshiped him. The angels in the sky worshiped him because of his authority of who he is and what he's come to do for us. And that's this this. this audacious, just uh, uh, unimaginable gift, giving. And that's why we give. That's why we give these gifts to each other, is to remind ourselves of the gift that, that Jesus came. It's all great fun to celebrate uh, Santa Claus, right? Okay, uh, when I tell my girls, this is how I do it. Um, as I tell them, St. Nick was a real person. He's a real person who gave to the poor, and he gave gifts, and he was a real person, and that's why I tell my, my, my girls. And I, but I, I like to tell them the truth about what it is this Christmas is all about, and I really hope, I, and I don't want to talk very long here. I'm going to cut this short, but I just wanted to remind you of this gift. He came not just to be a cute baby and turn some water into wine and heal a few people. He came to die for you. He came to die for you, for you, for you. He came to die for me. Jesus says this. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the light that no one can get to the Father except through me. It's a gift that you can't earn. You can't be good enough. It's not about what you do for God. It's about what he's done for you. And all you got to do is you got to, it's good. One, yeah, hey, if you believe that there's something bigger than you and you're searching because you feel something in the atmosphere, it's Christmas time, there's baby, and there's a birth of a baby, and there is Christmas, and, and you're searching. You're actually, your antennas are up right now. And you're saying, wow, I don't know why it is that I came here to church on Christmas morning. I could have been sleeping in, opening presents. But there's a reason that you're here is because deep down inside of you, there's a puzzle piece that's missing that you know that only can be filled by God. And, and, and so that belief in him is great. That's a first step because there are people that have such a hatred and a vitriol for God that the only thing they can say is you're dead to me because they know he's real, but you didn't help heal my grandma or my mother when she had cancer or you didn't answer my prayer or you weren't there for me. You allowed me to be abused. And so there's this hatred. There's this, there's this level of hate that rises that the only thing they can think to do is saying, you're dead. God is dead. He's not real. I tried, and he wasn't real. If you can move past that hate, because that's what the enemy offers, hate. Hate for each other. Hate for yourself. You can have a life full of hate. That is what you choose when you, when you don't choose. You, see, there's two choices you make. You choose God or you choose hate, because God is love. The Bible says God is love, and then the opposite is hate. You can choose one or the other. You say, no, I'm neutral. I'm Switzerland. I'm, I'm a Swiss citizen. I, I know about that. No, I'm neutral. No, by choosing to be neutral, and in fact, you are choosing the opposite 
of love. You're making a choice by default. By default, you fall into the category of this place of darkness. And that's what the world has offers hate. The other option is love. God is love. He sent his son to die for you. So that, guess what? So that you could learn to have the capacity to love him back, to have the capacity to love yourself so that even if you get to that point, then maybe you might even start even be able to start love other people. But I tell you what, if you don't, if you don't know that God loves you and you're not receiving again that love poured down on the side of you and you're, not, and, and you're not learning to love yourself, there's no way you're gonna go out on Christmas Eve and go buy Christmas presents and not end up exploding on somebody for cutting you off or taking the last toy you wanted. Listen, the world has a plenty of hate to offer you. But Emmanuel, God with us, God is love. He came to die for you, to pay for your, your penalty of your sin, which deserves death. That's what it means. Like some people say, oh, I, I, if I do enough good things in my life, there'll be a balance, there'll be scale one day that they will be weighed out. And then if I'm good enough, then I'll, me, me and God are good. No, the wages of sin is death. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And if we go to heaven and we have not, not only believed, because the Bible says you have to believe, but not only that, as you have to, to proclaim that Jesus is Lord, right? So the demons and, and Satan, they believe in God and they tremble. In fact, when Jesus was older and he would walk around, the demon-possessed people would be freaking out and say, it's the Messiah, leave us alone, leave us alone, and they'd be freaking out. But they were not surrendered to him. They were not his soldiers. They're in fact opposition to him, full of hatred, full of death, full of destruction, Jesus brings life. You not only have to believe that he is Lord or believe that he's God, but you have to say, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. That means, the lordship means I surrender. I come underneath your authority. And I say, I, I mark myself for you. I belong to you. I surrender to you. And that's the, that's the confusion of this all. Is this, Not only is what is Christmas about, what does this Christ's birth mean, but what, what is it? What do I do about it? The thing is, you've got a choice to make. Is you either surrender to him or you don't belong to him. You're either for him or against him. And what better time at Christmas when you guys are open to the reality of something bigger and maybe even have the propensity or the capacity to say, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. I've tried what the world has to offer. It's not working. I have nothing but hate for myself, even though I maybe not be able to comprehend it, but I keep on hating other people around me. It's all I get sucked into this, this darkness, and I, I need to be set free. I need to, some, God to do something for me. I need to experience that love because it's, the other way is not working. And I'm going to show you how to do that this morning because that's the most important thing you could do on Christmas is say, I'm going to receive that gift, the gift of Jesus. He's a generous God. There's nothing you've got to do but say, I'll take it. You don't have to do 15 jumping jacks and 20 Hail Marys and go run five laps around the church and then go take a bath in holy water, right? Look, all you got to do is receive it. It's done. You can't do it on your own. It's done. You just got to take it. What we're going to do is we're going to bow our heads. I'm going to give you the opportunity to surrender your life to God. And listen, maybe you've done this a long time ago. Maybe a long time ago you did it and you meant it, but you got off course. You got a track. 
You become caught up in the things of this world, and it's kind of drowned you out and overcome, and you're just like, you feel like you got caught up in this whirlwind, this rat race, and this hamster wheel of life. But you want to make things right. You want to say, okay, today I, I rededicate my life to you, Lord. That, you can do that as well. In the same prayer, for those of you who never have given your heart to Jesus, or you want to rededicate your life, this same prayer, it's a prayer that you and God are talking and having a conversation, and he hears it, it's, and it just requires that you have an authentic heart when you do it, and he'll hear you. But we're gonna say, I'm going to show you how to say this prayer, and what we're going to do is we're going to bow our heads, close our eyes, and if everybody could follow after me and, and just repeat after me so nobody feels left out, okay? You say these words, these powerful words. You say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross for me. But you rose from the dead. You conquered death so that I could be free. Jesus, I believe you're Lord. And I want you to be the Lord of my life. Come in my heart. Wash me clean. Make me a new person. Jesus, I surrender to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us this week. The Awakening Church is a church that unchurched people love to attend, where real people can come as they are and connect with others who love God. If you're on Maui, please come join us. If you're not on Maui or you can't attend a service, check us out online at theawakening.org or download our Awakening Church app. You'll find past messages, online Bible studies, scripture, and lots of other cool stuff, including ways where you can help us continue our mission. If this message has blessed you, you can help us increase our reach by giving to The Awakening Church, either on our app or online. Thank you for joining us. Aloha.